And now, you're listening to The Green Zone on Blog Talk Radio. And here's your host, Julian Carter. Here we go. Roddy White, 
without three running backs and, and stop them, it's, it is a cause for concern. And you know what? Leonard Williams had, had a pretty good game. People saying, well, Leonard Williams, look at him. Again, does it not count is it, or does it only count when, the, when something positive happens and not count when something negative happens? I think you've got to look at it as something in between. No, I, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, a lot of people look at the at the at the bigger picture, which was the the score. They look at you know the points they put up. But like I say, you know that that's that's kind of irrelevant. You're kind of looking at the, what the first team has done. You know what the what the twos and threes do. It is you know it, it's not not here or there. You know, I was having a a dis, uh, discussion um, in one of these uh, jet groups that I, I mean, you guys possibly will, will be in them as well. And you know, people are in there are talking about Bryce Petty and, you know, he had a QBR rating of 109 point whatever. And, you know, I, I, I look at that and I think to myself, why, you know, people are just hoping that, you know, this kid is the Anton is just going to go straight in there. I mean, it was a beautiful throw that he did for, for his first touchdown at home in, in front of the, the, the fans, which was good to see. But he's not, going, he's not going right in there and he's time to develop. And, again, he's going against the threes. You know, I want to see him do that against the, against the ones. It's not going to happen. And you, and you look around. The cause for concern were for me was, you know, is Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, is he the guy? And, and I look around, and the worry for me going forward, I'm not talking about, you know, the, the first game, you know, the first six games this season. I mean, what about next season? Is, is he the future of our team? I mean, there's a reason. You know, why why did he come to the Jets? I mean, why why were the... You know, a team get rid of him. You know, why is he not locked up long term? You know, I, I mean, every time you know we, uh, when Rex Ryan, when Rex Ryan um, was here, I mean, it, we, we beat him. Uh, you know, you know, quite handsomely. What, what do you think, Dennis? Yeah, you know, I mean, again, the Chain Gailey offense, and when Fitzpatrick was running it in Buffalo, I mean, Rex Ryan seemed to have his way with them. He, he seemed to own them, which is concerning when Buffalo. Uh, comes in here, but uh, going back to Bryce Petty, yeah, you know that, that's good to see that he had you know decent numbers. And, and look, he he could be the future. We don't know, but you know, remember names like Matt Sims, everyone thought, and and Greg McElroy, everyone thought, and and that's Brett Greg McElroy, you know, Greg yeah. McElroy syndrome. You know, he came in lights it up. Uh, you know, he came, I think I remember him coming out. I think you wrote that game, Dennis, where I think it was Arizona we played. We were yeah. like seven to six. And everyone yeah. thought he was great because, he, you know, they, they, he let him down, but he did nothing. I think he got sacked a ridiculous amount of times the week after. And where is he now? He's not even in the league. And this is what, I mean, you know, fingers crossed. You know, I want, um, you know, Bryce Petty to be the future star. But, you know, how, how often does this ever happen? You know, and he's, he's uh, you know, is he a, a Tom Brady? Well, let's fingers crossed and hope so. But I, I'm just a bit more, you know, what I saw from Ryan Fitz, Fitzpatrick, you know, I wanted to see, um, you know, throwing down the field, you know, uh, big plays. But I didn't see that a lot. I saw a lot of, you know, safe passes underneath, you know, and, and uh, you know, I don't know if, if you, you guys could hear it on TV as well. You know, the crowd wasn't happy. They were booing. But I just, you know, I just didn't see the movement. You know, I didn't see the chains moving against, uh, you, know, uh, you know, what was a bad Atlanta defense. You know, you'd expect to be able to move the ball. Yeah, you know, definitely. And I get back to the, the I call it, I call it more than the, the McElroy syndrome, the Brett Ratliff syndrome, which was he came in and lit it up a couple times. People were like, oh, he's great. Again, I'm not saying Bryce Petty can't be great. I'm just saying let's not make the same mistakes that we made in the past, which is kind of rushing the guys. Here's here's something I want to bring up. Two things really important that I want to bring up before I forget. One is, you know, last week we, we were very hard on the Jets, and people thought it was kind of a gut reaction to the preseason game, which was a disaster last week. And this week a little bit, a few more positives, but there are 
both sides of the, of the issue here. But th- this is not a gut reaction to one preseason game that was last week. This is, this is kind of a chain reaction to things that have been going on within the organization. Because I believe this, even though I like Woody Johnson, I think Woody Johnson is an owner who really wants to win and cares about the fans. But he, he's not a patient man. And my, my problem was since March, I have not been happy with the direction of this team because I thought, okay, new GM, new coach, we start building a team, not buying a team, okay? Building a team, younger, more athletic. Instead, they kind of got older, more expensive, and maybe you're seeing the lack of speed out there. And it was, wasn't a gut reaction to one because this team was, in our opinion, even with Geno, was going to have a very difficult time being over 500. That was our opinion. Okay, so so you know that that was that was number one, and number two is this: is that this is why I look at it as a fan, and being a true fan, when when the organization makes decisions that are based upon making the team successful, very successful, and 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 they do that, and you don't like it, you know, sometimes the the, the, the team has to make decisions that the fans don't like. They all have to do that. But you know what? No team has ever won a championship that never had to make a tough decision on a player. I remember in 2007, Jerry Reese was getting absolutely killed, the GM of the Giants, for some of the moves he made. Absolutely killed by the Giants fans. They won the Super Bowl. So here's my thing about being a true Jets fan. We'll get into this a little bit later, is that allow the front office, and for some reason, Woody's very receptive to the fans, which is good and bad, okay, and the media, okay? Don't base your decisions upon making fans happy and making the media happy. Base your decisions upon building a winning team and, and building it, building it up and having us look and say, you know what, even though this year we didn't make the playoffs, I really think next year we can make it. I see the, the – I talked about Arrow pointing up last year. So that's, that's what I'm talking about here, about being a fan. I know we don't want to be patient. Julian, I don't want to be patient anymore either. I waited a long time. But sometimes patience pays off quicker than you think. And I'll just give one quick example. Last year I was doing a show like this. Someone called in and said, well, the Jets are like the Mets. They'll never win. Well, the Mets are in first place now and have a pretty good young pitching staff. I know it took a while for them. I don't want it to take 10 years. But you know what? Sometimes you've got to make long-term decisions that really work out for you. And that's the way I look at it as a fan, that the fans are impatient. And so is Woody Johnson. And can we send a message that, look, we're going to stick behind you no matter what. Just make good decisions, and we're going to win, and we're going to be very happy. No, I, I 100% agree. I mean, you, you touch upon it, and, you, and it is right. You know, the front office make these decisions, and they have a domino effect going forward. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you sign these players to big contracts, and you can't just get rid of them. And it's like the money aspect and such like that. You, you know, you trade away draft picks. You go into the draft, you've no picks. Your team's getting older. I mean, it's a constant cycle. You know, you've got you. you well, from what I see to the team, am I look, looking forward as a as a Jet fan saying, you know, we're we're going to be we're going to be around contending. You know, why is it that the the same teams year in year out that are always contending? Is it because they make smart uh, decisions? You know, one of one of the the um, best GMs in the in the league is Ozzie Newsom from the from the Ravens, and you know they're always contending. You know, this year I'll guarantee that they'll contend for the div- division. You know why is that? Because, you know because they've got the pieces in place. Yeah, I, I think it is. It's a smart decision. I mean, you, you can go back and look at, at previous. You know, like this, was it the best decision to bring Tim Tebow in? Well, no, it wasn't because you, you look at what happens. Was it you know a great decision to um, you know extend Mark Sanchez? You know, there's there's so much there's so much uh, you, you know you can put it down to. But going forward, you know, I, I, it doesn't. I'm worried. And like I said, people have said to me, this is what else I hear that really, really gets on my nerves as well. 
you know, shut up and, and be a proud Jet fan. You know, wear your colours, you know. And, and, and it's not like, I understand, I do wear my colours proud and such, but I can, you know, you, you, you go and say, hey, this season, Dennis, you know, the Jets are going to have a, a season, we're going to the playoffs and we're going to the things. That's all right to say. You're allowed to say the Jets are going to the playoffs. The moment that you say, I'm a bit worried, you know, I, you know I, I, I'm looking around the league and I'm, I'm seeing this and we're not doing this in games and such like that, I, I think it's going to be a struggle this year. You can't say that. And you can't say that they're going to be, you know, 4-12 and 12 or less. It's got to be better. You've got to, you know, I, I asked this as well. I was at, on, you know, forums and on Twitter and I'm asking people, uh, you know, questions. I want to get a debate going. It's all right for, you know, for to get, you know, the conversation going. You know, what is acceptable for you, for, you know, what, what is acceptable for the Jet record, you know, this year? What is acceptable? And someone came at me and said seven and nine, and, that, and that's what they're saying. So I asked them, are you happy with that? And they said no, and they're not happy with that. I mean, why is, why is it not? I mean, what do they want to see? They want to see playoffs. I mean, every year you strive to go to the playoffs and hopefully win the Super Bowl. Now, it's very, very tough, but that's got to be the aim for the, for the playoffs. And obviously, you know, I don't, I don't think from what I've seen that they are going to make uh, the playoffs. Well, I mean, what do you think? I mean, going out there again, I, I, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and, and what he's got to offer. Can he come in and, and can he take us forward? And what, what, what are you seeing? What are you seeing to say, you know what, I'm happy with that. I mean, you look at Brandon Marshall. I'm going to let you in, Dennis, but are, are you, I mean, what a great receiver he is. I mean, he's scurring. He's going to scurr so many defensive backs. You know, and we've got all these tools. I see the team dropping a lot of players, and I'm very worried. It just seems to be that, you know, the uh, the um, medical facility or the injury room or whatever you want to call it is, is full of our players because they can't stay healthy. Is that not a cause for concern for you? Well, I mean, look, all teams have injuries, and they're having, I think, a little bit more than, than in previous years. But um, first of all, I'm worried about the special teams because I thought that Walter Powell is not a kick returner. Who's going to be their kick returner? I'm concerned about Chris Owasu. I want to bring him up quickly because I, I laid this out a while ago, and I said, you know, he's got a head injury, he had a history of concussions, and it's a shame because he was having a good camp. I'm like, I'm concerned that he might have to retire, and it's people saying, no, he'll be back, he'll be back, and I hope he's back. Look, I hope he is. But, you know, they don't mess around with this as far as players and the, and the league now because you know, this guy wants to have a full life, and can he, he's been out now about two weeks. And I'm wondering, again, can this guy come back in and take a hit and not have another head injury? So, I mean, it is cause for concern as far as that goes. Um, the special teams, definitely, I was not pleased with the special teams performance. Uh, Devin Hester, they let him have a long return. Quinn shanked a punt. I mean, Bobby April, what are you doing? Again, there's three phases to this, and there, there are negatives to look at all three phases, especially early on. Here's something else, uh, two things. One, uh, someone was saying, I said, I, I said about the defense being bad for Atlanta last year. And somebody said, well, they have Dan Quinn, the best defensive coordinator in the league, is now their head coach. I said, but I thought Todd Bowles was the best defensive coordinator in the league. Again, it's debatable, but, I mean, don't we have Todd Bowles? I mean, isn't that what he was brought in? That's his specialty, that he did a great job with the Arizona Cardinals. They said, yeah, but first it was, uh, Quinn has the quarterback, so that's why they're better. And then somebody said, well, Todd Bowles looks like a, I can't use the word, but a, a blank head coach. And I'm like, but, wait a minute. I mean, I, don't under, I, I just didn't get it. I'm like, so you're telling me Todd Bowles is a bad head coach? Is that what you're telling me? Because when I said Todd Bowles, I mean, it's, it's kind of even as far as them both being defensive coordinators. And the other thing I heard was this again about the quarterback. Well, they have a quarterback and we don't. And I heard this on the radio the other day. And they were talking about it. And I, I, never, I didn't really understand the question, which was, 
if the Jets had a legitimate quarterback, would they be playoff contenders? Now, these people on the radio are saying, I guess they're not playoff contenders with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But all I heard all year was how it was his quarterback competition. Ryan Fitzpatrick knows the offense so well. It's, 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 it's just great. He's a $60 million man that Shane Gailey made him into and all this stuff. And, and now I'm hearing that we don't have a quarterback. And my question is this, is what do you mean by a, by a quarterback? Do you mean Aaron Rodgers? I mean, because he, even Aaron Rodgers has only won one Super Bowl in the last five years. Right? He still needs a good team around him. I mean, it's hard. It's very, even with an Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, again, a lot of people's opinion is the best quarterback in the league. It's still hard. And what, what is, okay, so I, I'm, I'm like, what type of quarterback? Is it Cam Newton? Is it Alex Smith? I'm going to tell you right now, Alex Smith with the Chiefs, the Chiefs have a better defense than the Jets. Bar none, they'll have a better defense than the Jets. They have a legitimate superstar in Justin Houston. And they have a better offense, and they have a better quarterback. But they're not going to the playoffs. I'm going to tell you right now, the Chiefs are not going to the playoffs. And they have a better team than the Jets. I watched the Chiefs-Seahawks game and the speed and everything. And, and Justin Houston is, an, is, is unbelievable. We don't have anybody even remotely close to that anywhere on the team. Anyway, getting, kind of getting back to this. And then they were talking about on the radio about the first game against Cleveland, how the Jets are going to win it. And I, I, I don't know whether the Jets are going to win or not. I mean, I'm not just to say you're just going to go push Cleveland over. But here's the point. Well, what if Cleveland had a quarterback? I mean, they have Josh McCown or Johnny Manziel, which I don't think McCown will start. But is Josh McCown... Worse than Ryan Fitzpatrick? I mean, so, so just saying we need a quarterback. Well, didn't we need a quarterback last year or five years ago or two years ago? I mean, this is just a simplistic answer to a difficult problem. My point has always been that if you build the team up and you put people in the system, you've got young athletic guys, guys who show improvement, potential, and then you finally get that quarterback. Bryce Petty turns out to be a Joe Flacco. I'm not even putting him in like an Aaron Rodgers category. Uh, I don't know, a Cam Newton, a guy who you said, boy, this guy could get us there and win it. At least he could get us there. And, and Petty turned out to be that guy, that he could have some consistency with the offense moving forward. And that's why I don't like this build now, win now strategy. That makes sense for the Denver Broncos to do with a 39-year-old Peyton Manning. Not for the Jets to do right now. I just thought they should have taken a middle-of-the-road approach, a more conservative approach, and built the team over a, a little bit of time rather than try to buy a team? Because right now it's not looking so good, Julian. You know, you know, what, you know what I think, and I'll probably get killed for saying it, and, and I suppose it is easy to say, but, we, you know, we haven't played, you know, a competitive game yet. And, you know, these preseason games mean nothing. I, I'd have rather st- stuck with Isaac and Rex. And I, I was a big, a big Isaac supporter because I could see what he was doing. I know we've been down this road before, but, I, you know, I think um, – you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, I, I do look around the league. I know you look around the team. We all watch other football games. We all see our other things, you know, and I think uh, I, I think I think the Jets could come up, um, you know, you know, um, bad for letting Rex Ryan go because I think he's going to do good things in, in Buffalo, you know, with the way it is. But, Dennis, don't worry about it. It is all good because we've got Darrell Rivas, and Rivas is back now, <laughs> so he's going to cover the whole secondary. You know, that's what else people say. We've got Rivas, so it's okay. We have Rivas before, you know, in 2011. How did that go? In 2010, we know why didn't we win the Super Bowl? You know, it, it, like I say, it is easy to say. You, you, you know, you can't. You've got players, but players don't win. A team wins but, again. Uh, a team win. But Julian, here's here's something quickly because a lot of people want to rebuild the 2010 Jets. You have a lot of players from the 2010 Jets: Cromartie, Rivas, uh, Rickershaw, Nick Mangold, uh, David Harris. But they're five years older. I mean, that's the problem. They're, those, well, that, those that's what I'm saying as well. That's what I'm, look. They were in their no, no, prime. No, no, no one's saying they're not good players and they're not thinking, but they're getting on, and you know what I'm saying? They're getting on. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not. Hey, well, why not? Why not ring ESPN Radio up and, and see if a uh, good friend of mine, Damian Woody, can come back? I mean, why not? 
I mean, he was pretty good, wasn't he? I mean, what, what is he now? 30, 39, can't he come and do a job? He was once good, so why can't he still be good? You know, this is what I'm saying about going forward. Depth, young. I mean, it, you know, I, I, if you know, if Mangal goes down and Brickershaw comes down, are you confident that we've got, you know, the, the backups and have we, you know, got him? We need youth, we need speed. You know, another thing I, I want to get onto before our guest comes on as well, I was we're very disappointed as well, and I'm very worried, and this is where I think we'll get hurt a lot, is the linebackers. You know, I saw the linebackers. I saw Quinton Corpels. You know, he looked like he was running through treacle at one point. Trying to—that's what he looked like. He was look, looking like I mean, he—you know—he's he, slow. I mean, I can see a lot of tight ends. You know, having having some success. I mean, are you worried about the the linebacker position? I mean, I guess my point was this: is that that you know, again, building a team. Again, you talk about keeping John Isaac and and, Ron, and again, you're going to get killed for this, but. You know, and Rex Ryan was on this interview about how you know the front office didn't want to spend money, but again they they carried over about twelve million dollars. They had fifty million dollars in space, which means they spent about forty million. And the thing with Isaac was this: was not that he didn't want to spend the money, but he didn't want to tie himself into older players because he knew that this is what happened with the Jets. So maybe Isaac wasn't the guy. I don't know. But here's what happened with the Jets with Tannenbaum. They built hard and fast, and people say, well, they went to the AFC Championship game. Now look, even a lot of that team was through the draft. That 2010 team, which was the best team they had five years ago, but. They did make trades and trade away a lot of picks and not use their draft, and they got old and slow fast. Now, Rex, again, he wants to make excuses, but he was 8-8 eight in eight 2011 with Revis and Cromartie. 2012, he was 6-10. and 10. I know he lost Revis for the year, but it wasn't really the defense. The offense started to struggle because they, they really weren't drafting offensive players, high, mostly defense. 2012, they were 8-8. Eight and eight. Now, look, here's something to think about with Idzik. They were 8-8 eight and eight when Idzik took over. They were $26 million over the cap. They were 8-8 eight and eight in the playoff race with a rookie quarterback. Okay. Now I want to see Mike McCagnan with all this money, with all these moves he makes. I mean, if he's not eight and eight, isn't he? I mean, how can you feel comfortable with him moving forward? But you know what, Rex, things don't end good when coaches get fired. Okay. And you know what? I don't have a problem with Woody cleaning house. If Woody wanted to clean house and clean house to everybody and say, you know what? I want someone new in here. That's fine. Clean house to everybody. I just didn't know that cleaning house meant you bring in the new group of, uh, of front office people that have this honeymoon period. I mean, that's what the, that's what the point of it is, is, you have the honeymoon period so that, uh, that you can make the difficult moves early so that later when you have success, you, people will say, okay, the honeymoon's over. We, we want to now see the, see the fruits of our labor, so to speak. And th- that's what McCagnan and Bowles had. But instead, they decided to kind of make the team older and more expensive. And I just wonder, like the Tennessee Titans, if you, if you look at what the Tennessee Titans kind of done, have, have done, they, they brought in a mixed bag of like veterans and, and, and they have some young guys. Now, Marcus Mariota is the guy they're looking to develop, but they, they saved some money for next year. I mean, they brought in Anthony Fasano and Harry Douglas and Parrish Cox and Jonathan Massaquai and Denora Searce and Brian Arakpo and Akeem Nix. And, you know, they have a couple of young players they, they like to the, the, uh, the uh, Dequan Jones on the line and Carl Klug and Tyler Lewin. So they, uh, there's Daniel David Cobb, the running back. I mean, they're kind of using a mixed bag to put a team together to help Mariota. Now it's up to Mariota, but here's the thing. Um, I, I just want, but they save some money too. So that, like if they're building a team and I think that the Tennessee Titans, as long as Mariota works out to be, serviceable, and they say, yeah, you know, again, arrow up, Teddy Bridgewater. I heard this too on the radio yesterday, that why didn't the Jets draft Teddy Bridgewater? Well, look, you have to give Geno Smith another year, and 31 other teams pass on Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, what about, why didn't we draft, I hate, I hate people say, we should have drafted this player. We should have drafted Tom Brady. Six teams pass him, including his own. Yeah, it's easy to say, isn't it, after the fact. 
Yeah, you know, but the, 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 the New England had two six-round picks that year, two, and they used their first one on someone else. They used their second one on Brady. So it's easy to say that. But Geno Smith, need, remember, he showed promise down in 2013, the, the, down the stretch. We thought we'd get more of that Geno, and we didn't. But like, just like with the Oakland Raiders with Derek Carr or with the Jacksonville Jaguars with Blake Bortles, they can't go out and now bring in another quarterback right now. So Geno had to get another year. We had to see what he was. Again, Geno Smith was considered the number one overall pick. They got him in the second round. He probably had a first-round grade. They got good value. He didn't work out. Teddy Bridgewater, again, the Houston Texans, Mike McCagnan. Why didn't Mike McCagnan run into to the GM's office and, and say, hey, you know what, listen, you, you better go get Rick Spielman, I believe is the GM there. Let me double-check that. But it's, you better take this Teddy Bridgewater. He's the real deal. Again, I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't see him doing that. I didn't, I didn't see that happen. So, you know, that's what, that's what sort of concerns me. Is, um, yeah, I'm just looking up here, uh, GM. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry, Rick Smith. Excuse me, not Rick Spielman, Rick Smith. Um, so, you know, that's what kind of concerns me. There is that you, and when people say, well, we should have taken Teddy Bridgewater. Look, I love Teddy Bridgewater coming out of Louisville. And, I, and do I wish the Jets had maybe not drafted Geno Smith and stayed with Mark Sanchez, and then the next year drafted Teddy Bridgewater? Heck yeah, but you know what? If I had a crystal ball, I could phone up whoever works with the Jets. Listen, I, I, I know. Crystal ball. <laughs> I know. You got to be I know. Them lots of numbers as well. You know, um, like I say, it is it is easy to say. You know, you know after the fact. I just want to touch on like, while you were, you were you just talking about the draft. How did you think uh, um, his first round pick did uh, uh, the big cat, Leonard Williams? How did, how did you think he fared? Uh, you know, look again. I, we saw something out of him, and like I said before, again, when you do, when you, when you do good, um, you can't you can't when, when when he does good, you can highlight it, and he did. He did. He showed some signs. You you saw some splash plays, like I talked about Malden in the first game. I saw something out of him. Okay, so that's good. And again, I'm not saying it was all negative in this this game. I thought the second team and the third team outplayed the the Falcons second and third team. But I'm going to say this, and th- don't kill. Keep this in mind, folks, the people who like to play their office pools for fun. Again, for fun. Atlanta's not very deep. Again, they were 6-10 and 10 last year. They're not very deep. When they put their second teamers in there, the Jets' second team and third team, I thought, really dominated, especially up front. Um, but, you know, again, give Leonard Williams credit. He saw the speed. He saw the athleticism. And, you know, hopefully that, that continues. Bryce Petty, again, he did play well. I'm not saying he didn't. But let's not put him in the Hall of Fame just yet. Let's not anoint him the savior of, of the club just yet. Yes, it's better to see positives than negatives. But my concern is still about this year. It's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick till whenever. And, and here's a question for you, Julian. And I wanted to ask Biff this, but, but Biff should be on in a few minutes. I'll ask you now. Um, let's say Ryan Fitzpatrick starts six games, okay? Let's just say hypothetically. Now, if the Jets are 4-2 and two after six games, I think the decision is easy if Geno can come back then, okay? I think the decision is easy. Jets are 4-2, and two, Geno's back, he's healthy enough to play. You've got to stay with Fitzpatrick. If they're 1-5, Decision is easy. You pull Fitzpatrick and put Geno in. But what if you're in that middle ground? What if they're three and three or two and four? You see, this is when the decision becomes hard because either way you do it, if things go south, you're going to be criticized. Well, I mean, it is it is a, it is a tough one to do. I, mean, I suppose you've got to look about how they're playing in games as well. You know, if you you know if you're making Bonnet. You know, decisions throwing silly interceptions, or, or you know, costing the game. You know, then it, then it's obvious. But if you just if you're close, and you know, you you, you know, you see them games, don't you? Where you, it's just a good game, and you've got you do everything. You throw in the kitchen sink, and it just happens that you know some teams just outclass you, and outdo. I mean, uh, you, you mentioned it before. You know, you've seen it. There has to be one. Um, 
you know, there has to be one winner. Uh, it's like going, you know, Brady versus um, Manning and such like that. You know, they're both great quarterbacks. But I suppose what you want to see, you want to see promise and upside. I, I just, you know, I just don't, I just don't see it. You know, I, you bring Gino back, and what if he stinks then? I mean, this, this is, this is what, you know, you're up against. I mean, hopefully, you know, Fitzpatrick is, um, is, is, is going to be, you know, he's going to be. We're not having this debate, and he's, he's playing lights out. You know what, Julian? I wanted to bring this up also. Um, just uh, something that kind of bothered me about this past game, which was there were 17 penalties. I mean, this again, again, this was why Rex was sort of let go. This was the reason Rex. He's a player's coach. The players aren't disciplined. You know, even again, getting back to Rex's little interview. You know, I, I like Rex Ryan, but his in-game management at times was questionable. Remember that game where uh, where. Um, Levante David pushed Geno out of bounds, and they got the, they they end up getting the field goal to win. Now Levante David, first of all, is a fantastic football player. He's got a humongous contract. Look up his numbers; he's fantastic. If you play fantasy football and you and you have whether you need the defense, you a particular player, take him. Anyway, um, getting back to the penalties aspect of it, but but Rex was you know supposedly too much of a player's coach, and and that that this is why there was this un, oh at, um, the point on that game was Rex didn't call timeout. I remember the clock was ticking, and I'm like. In the stands, going call timeout, call. and I think morning, morning we called timeout, and they let a bunch of time go. The Jets probably would have gotten down and gotten that field goal anyway if they hadn't wasted about ten or fifteen seconds without calling timeout. So Rex is not absolved of blame here for the four and twelve record last year. It isn't all on Isaac didn't get him cornerbacks because Don McRogers Cromartie went to the Giants and they were six and ten, and Ultron Werner went to the you know to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they were two and fourteen. Now Vontae Davis, who they were they were with, apparently just snubbed the Jets and end up going back to the Colts, and they were good, but they have Andrew Luck. Anyway, so you know, Rex did have some time management issues, but the reason why he was let go was because undisciplined, too many penalties, you know, too many mistakes with personnel on the field and things like that. So um, my question to you is, you know, how can you accept 17 penalties? I mean, well, that's the thing you can't, and it's a worry going forward. You know, I mean, I, I just... I, I, you know, it, it kind of reminds me, you know, the Rex Ryan days with, with, all, with all the penalties. But some of them have got to iron out quick. You know, you can't win when you're when you're having, you know, um, you can't win on, on with 17 penalties, can you? I mean, it just it just stifles you going forward. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And I see that our, our guest is, is attempting to get in the studio. That's why we're we're pausing a little bit. But I, I think it's just Julian. Maybe you want to speak a little bit to the double standard about you know why why again why is this, this shouldn't be acceptable if it wasn't acceptable with Rex it shouldn't be acceptable with Bowles and he and he you know he, it's 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 that's the point I mean uh, I, I, well, this is, is what, that's the thing it is a double standard I mean there there is a double standard I mean come on I mean you look at the you look at um, I mean you look at you can say anything positive about the team again but anything negative and you're a troll. You know, you're a troll, and, and you can't. And it just, it, it is very frustrating. It's like, it's, the thing is, you, you want you want to have a debate about football. You can't be right all the time. I'm not saying I, I'm right. Everything I say, I'm not saying it is the truth and it's gospel, and you've got to take it. I'm open for criticism. You know, I put statements out there, and I'll hold my hands up. I, and I've said this on on numerous shows. I hope I'm wrong, and everyone's chucking it in my face because it, it, at the end of the day, that you know, that, that's what that's what I you know I want to see. I want to see the team being successful. You know, I want to be wearing my green and white. And I want to be, you know, rooting for this team every week. We're in contention. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. That's all. All right, Jet fans, I want to welcome a good friend of mine, 
uh, all the way from Ireland. It is Biff Sweeney. So, Biff, welcome into the Green Zone. You're on with uh, Julian and Dennis. How are you? Hi, guys. How's things? Very, very well. Listen, I'll kick things off. I want to know how on earth a guy from Ireland becomes a Jet fan. Um, that's a good question now because back in the 90s and um, even back, say, before five years ago, there was very lack of uh, TV. The NFL, it wasn't really on the TV. It was just maybe one o'clock in the morning, ten or four might have a, have a, a match, but it was too late for myself because I'd have to get up for work the next morning. But right. um, I don't know what it is. I just, I don't know if it's an Irish... New York connection thing, but I always, I think it was drawn towards New York, the Jets. Um, but no other team stood out to me. So to me, it's the Jets basically chose me. That's what well, I look at. I mean, you look at the colours as well, and I suppose with green and Ireland, yeah. you can relate to, you can relate to that. Now. You know, you mentioned, um, you know, about the late nights and such like that, and I know it is. How do you find, you know, following the games and such like that? I mean, we know that, um, you know, we're five hours um, in front of, of New York at, yeah. at, at this moment in time. And, you know, I, do, you, do you work for a late game? Do you have to, what, what kind of things do you have to, uh, to do to, to watch a game or do you watch it the next day? Well... Um, it, dep- it depends on the game. If the Jets are playing late at night, I'll try and stay up. But if they're not, I, I, I'd download it the next day and I'd watch it the next day, hopefully. Um, if it's an early game, great. I'll, I'll watch it at home with family. But um, right. the way it is now now with Sky Sports and the coverage, it's, it's great compared to what it was about five, ten years ago. All right, Biff. Hey, it's Dennis. How you doing, Biff? Good to talk to you again. Uh, two-part question for you here. One, the, the, the first one is, can you just give out information to the listeners? I know you do your own podcast there, which is great, kind of like what Julie and I do. Uh, give out your Twitter handle. And then the other thing is this. Is, ha- have you been to the Wembley Games? And, and I talked to Julian a little bit about describing the atmosphere at the Wembley Games. And can you give us, like, the feel? Again, I, I'm a season ticket holder here at MetLife. I know what it's like to go to MetLife and tailgate and those kind of things. So can you give us a feel of what it's like to go to a professional NFL game in, at Wembley Stadium? Okay, um, I'll start off with my Twitter handle. It's at Biffaro Jeff, and the show is at No Fly Zone Radio, and we're also on Facebook. Um, second part of the question is, I haven't been over to Wembley at all to an NFL game, oh. because to me, um, I'd go and see the Jets tomorrow if they were over in London, but any other team, um, it just doesn't appeal to me because it's not the Jets. Um, as well as that, uh, going to an American football game, last year I went to Penn State and UCF up in Dublin and Croke Park and it was fairly good. Um, but it was just, there was no tailgating, no car park to tailgate up in Dublin and um, it just didn't have the atmosphere of an NFL game. Uh, I don't know if it was because it was uh, Penn State were playing a lesser team and Penn State hasn't mm-hmm. been as good as what they used to be. But uh, I'd say it's pretty electrify- electrifying over Wembley because I have been over to England to Birmingham f- for Premiership games to see um, the team I support, Aston Villa. And 
the Premiership games over in England are electrifying. So I wouldn't say it's too far off. Now, are you considering going to the uh, uh, October 4th Wembley game? Do you have tickets, or are you just considering? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, no, so you're I'm definitely gonna I be got there. my tickets straight away, yeah. No, I'm I'm going, the wife's coming with me. My co-host, Rich Tinley's going, his wife's going with him. There's a couple others from Ireland traveling over. I even got my own um, Irish flag printed up with enough lights on radio on it and the Jets emblem. Well, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. You must be very excited. I mean, just just quickly oh, to I'm follow pumped. up on that. I'm sure. So, so yeah, this I'm is not... going to be your first experience of an actual live NFL game, your own team there. And again, Julian, describe a little bit of, the, of what they're trying to do with the tailgating. So, just, just just tell me a little bit. I mean, you don't have to get complete specifics, but give me like your itinerary. Like, where? How long does it take you to get to London? How many days are you staying? Kind of thing. Um, what were the ticket uh, kind of costs? Go ahead. I think tickets are about seventy-five pounds each. Um, we're on the lower lower deck in the end zone. I think we're about 20 seats back. Um, it'll take us about what, 45 minute flight over to England from Ireland, straight into London. Um, we're staying for three days, so we're flying in on the Friday, and we're leaving on the the Monday afternoon. So we're going to make a big weekend of it. And well, we're also the, going to um yeah, we're also going to the pipeline the night before the Jets game because there's a a bit of a bash in the pipeline. So uh there's guys out of Let's Talk Jets, there's the guys from www.newyorkjetsfans.com are gonna be there and Fireman Ed's gonna be there as well. Well, listen. We'll we'll definitely be meeting up and having a beer because I can be over there, and I'll be covering the game. I'll buy you a Guinness. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's your uh, your beer of choice. You know, no, I, I want to get. I, I, get I, I, I used to well. drink to go Guinness in the past, but not now. It's too heavy for me. <laughs> I it's think too heavy for you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like diesel when I drink it. I used to. Say it doesn't agree with me. <laughs> you know, I, I want to get into into this bit as well. Not only. Um, have you? Do you? Are you an avid fan uh, of the Jets and such? But you've also played football um, yourself, haven't you, over in Ireland? Can yeah. You just tell us a little bit about that and just how big it is as well. Just you know, I, yeah, I do find it getting bigger now. It's catching on in Ireland, um, but the problem is there's teams there's there's teams forming and they're only lasting three to four years and then they're finishing up because of their lack of support. But uh, when I started now in Tullamore, it was the Tullamore Phoenixes, and we started in uh, second division, and we won it twice in a row. But with the lack of numbers and funds, we ended up calling it a day, and some guys went on to different clubs. But I played on both sides of the ball. I played full back, tight end. Yeah, and then I was switched over to defensive end. Yeah, I I, I was going to play the remainder in. Yeah. Played the the remainder as a defensive end. Yeah, when I was when I was starting out. Yeah, when I was starting out, we were both started playing. You know, at, at the at the same time. Is it you know what's the situation like now? I mean, I know that was that was a couple of years ago, but is it still you know is there more teams about or is it or is it still you know um, there's only a few? Is that down to the, you know yeah, the coverage and such like that? There's a few teams now after um, popping up from, uh, let's see, the, no- the no- Northern Ireland are after popping up a few teams. Um, 
there's a good few teams in Dublin and there's a couple down south and there's one in Galway. Uh, there's a couple in Kildare and Mead, but um, it's up and coming. It's just an awful lot of teams they need to get the support and with the lack of funds from the government, it's just it's just not there. Right, you know, popularity like in the sport is getting bigger in this country. Yeah, I, I, I'd say that here as well. I mean, the, you know, the, it's like you know, it's like our soccer teams, as we'll, we'll say for Dennis, football, real football. Um, you know, it's popping up. Um, you know, it's like every for me here in England, it's like every town has a team, an American football team now, and obviously with the Wembley games, you know, and the coverage of Sky Sports you mentioned as well. Uh, you know, and all the yeah. and the internet and Twitter. You know, it's it really is becoming. Um, you know, an an up and coming um, you know, sport, and like I say, you know, it won't be long until you know maybe you know there's talk about a franchise. I've just got one question left, but and I want to just uh, you know thank you for coming on. I know we had some technical difficulties, you know, getting you on, and he's he's making a, a you know an effort of calling from his cell phone. Um, so I really really appreciate that. I've got I get asked this question a lot, and this question is if the UK was to get a franchise, you know, you hear this a lot, eventually one day, you know, the UK will get a franchise, and uh, people talk about, just say, let's say, you know, the Jags come over to the uh, to England, like, you know, they've been playing, would you ever consider, you know, um, you know, making that your team, or would you stick with the Jets? You, do you understand what I mean? Would, would you, you know, yeah, I understand where you're coming from, yeah. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from, and to be honest, no, um, I'm just a Jets fan. That's it. it, it that, that's basically the, the same kind. That you know, that's what the answer that I get asked an awful lot. You know, yeah. and like I say, it's the same thing for me. This is why I actually don't think it'll, it'll ever happen because you just mentioned about the travel, and obviously it's not free. It's costing a lot of money for you. It's like a bucket list to come over and do this. It's a one-off thing. I mean, it, it, you could be yeah, a season sure. ticket holder and go, you know, eight games. It just wouldn't be, you know, physically, um, or, you know, it would be so expensive. But, uh, you know, I want to thank you for coming on. And just before you go, can you just uh, give give your uh, your your, uh, your podcast um, um, and your Twitter handle so other people can uh, can follow on and listen yeah, to you? Yeah, um, my Twitter handle is Jess, and the podcast, myself and Rich have, it's, at No Fly Zone Radio, and we have a f- Facebook account, and that's No Fly Zone Radio. And before you go, I have a couple of questions for you. Can I ask them? Oh, please, uh, yeah, you tell us who you are yeah. and fire them away. All please right. do. Between, between the pair of you, who is your favourite Jet player past, and who's your favourite Jet player present? Well, Dennis, I, you know what? You're, you're, you're only just older than me, so I'll let you take rank and go first. You're gonna let me go for uh, my favorite pass, my favorite pass jet. Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I guess I guess it might be Curtis Martin. Uh, you know, I just liked his heart. The guy played, the guy played hard every every game, every snap. Um, a lot of guys. I mean, you put a lot of guys in there. It's gonna be quick here and present. Who's my favorite present jet? Um, I guess it'd be Chris Ivory. You know, I kind of like runs hard. He plays hard. Julian, why don't you give your your favorite pass and present jet? Well, my favorite pass jet is obviously the most. Uh, famous jet. He's got to be John Emmer, just purely because you know, growing up and, and watching the you know the uh, you know the highlight reels and such like that, and playing in them days. I always wanted to be a quarterback myself, but uh, obviously I couldn't be. I wasn't even talented uh, enough to even you know. So I became the ball boy. You know what I'm saying? It just wasn't even a thing. But yeah, I have to admire what he did back then. 
and um, I enjoy watching, um, you know, tapes of him. And I was actually, you know, um, live one of my dreams by actually getting to uh, interview him, which was a very, very sur- uh, surreal moment to even uh, to even do that. My favourite jet at the moment, um, I've got to say, it's going to be a, a one that you probably wouldn't have guessed, and I'm going to say it's Leger Doosable, just purely because I struck a kind of a friendship with him, and um, he's actually big into FIFA, uh, would you know, and, and we play... We play FIFA very competitively, and you know you, you kind of get to know somebody, and he, he's just uh, he's just a normal guy. I'm also I'm also you know a very close second would be Demario Davis as well. I know him on a on a personal note, and we touch uh, you know we touch base you know every now and again. So um, you know I've got to say that that's uh, that they're my past uh, um, play, uh, favorite players and, and present. Yeah, good answers. No, my 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 past guy is uh, Bart Scott. Um, Can't wait. I, yeah, because when we, yeah, because when when it became popular over here, it was actually at that time when the Jets signed him, and he 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 just he was just that much of a leader. I I loved his heart. He's, I loved actually listening to him on on, on the TV. Um, I ended up calling my my latest son. I gave him his second name, uh, Scott, after Bart Bart Scott, and my latest Jet. Favorite is uh, probably Smacks. There, there we go. Yeah, big, big Damon Aronson. Yeah, and one more question before I go: What's your favorite jersey you have in your uh, in your press at the moment? Uh, Dennis, I'll uh, I'll go. I have actually got uh, a Curtis Martin um, throwback jersey, and uh, it is that is my favorite uh, favorite jersey. And I will not. I mean, it's got. A, I must say, it's got a little. You know, tatting out the numbers about it. You know, my wife keeps saying to me, uh, but I will not throw it away. No chance will I. You know, get rid of that. That's definitely uh, mine. It's it's the old Reebok as well. I was a. I'm not really mm. a fan of the the Nike ones, but I do prefer the fit and everything. How, how it, the style of it. So I won't get rid of my uh, my my Curtis Martin. Dennis, over to you. You know, it's the same thing. I have a Curtis Martin kind of throwback retro kind of a jersey, and it's the same thing. The thing is, I don't buy too many jerseys anymore because I'm a little older, and I know what happens is that they just sit in the closet after a while. I mean, because the, the players, they, they move on. And Biff, is, if that's your final question, I have one more question for you before we let you go, which is I asked Julian when I was talking to him about being a Jets fan in England. I mean, in Ireland, you say the game is growing, so I'm assuming the NFL is getting more popular. Um, yeah. How are the Jets perceived there? I mean, when you wear your colors around and you see other NFL fans or wherever you watch the games, I mean, are, are, are the Jets perceived, you know, Julian kind of felt like, yeah, maybe they looked at a little bit uh, with, a, with, a, with a cross-eye kind of thing. Do you feel the same way sometimes? You know, the Jets have this perception of being yeah. a joke. I don't think it's fair, but it's unfortunately that it exists. Does it exist there in Ireland as well? Yeah, it's um, uh, like as two weeks ago, you came back with your uh, your first your first episode this season and – he asked the very same thing to Julian, and from what I recall, it's basically the same answer over here as it is for from Julian over in the UK. Um, there's an awful lot of Pats fans over here, Miami fans, and uh, um, Giants yeah, fans, uh, Green Bay, 49ers, and uh, Ravens fans, and especially Steelers. I'd say there's more Steelers than anything over here. But uh, the main thing with the Jets, every time the TV coverage we're getting from the Jets over here is kind of, uh, anytime there's something bad happens with the Jets, it just blows up and you have the likes of myself and Rich and 
few other Jet fans over here that wear our colours and you kind of have to bow your head in, in shame. Um, and it's unfortunate. But that's just the way it is um, lately, the last few years. There's always something well, popping up. Yeah, well, uh, let's hope that we, we can change that and, you know, what yeah, we're... Yeah, uh, I, th- I think... So- I think I think uh, um, McCagnum and Bowles, it'll take them a year to settle their own team. And my hand on my heart, I think they're going to change what's going on with the franchise and they're going to turn it into a proper franchise. That's the way I well, think I, it's, it's going to happen. I hope you're right for our sake. I want to say I really do appreciate you taking the time out to come on the show to speak to me and Dennis and the millions listening around the, the world. You wear your yeah. colours with, 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 with pride. Go Jets, and hopefully, you know, them them uh, them times are, uh, are coming soon. And if I don't speak to you before, we're meeting in London for a beer, and uh, I can't wait yeah. for the game. Go Jets. Yeah, same as. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem. And have, you, uh, you, yeah. you take care, buddy. Bye-bye. Mind yourselves. So there we go. There, there was, there was getting a different perspective uh, into uh, another international uh, jet fan. Uh, there are still a few of us out here uh, over in Ireland. You, you might have not heard his, his Irish accent, um, but he's it, it, definitely <laughs> far out there. A lot of the ladies like the Irish, the Irish, uh, Irish accent. But yeah, a good friend of mine, and, and like I say, started his own you know podcast up. He's that passionate. He's a big, like I said, jet fan. We are going to continue this, and I'm going to continue. Uh, you know, get trying to get over Jet fans just to get the you know the perspective of uh, of the team. And I just want to tell you guys as well, it is so difficult to kind of do these interviews. We had some technical. You could probably hear within the interview we had some technical difficulties um, doing it. So it is a, it is a bit to put through. This is what we're trying to do. Um, and, you know, put it all together and such like that. But like I say, him listening back, thank you so much, Bev, for coming on. And like I say, I, I mean that. I'll, I will meet in London and we'll definitely have a um, have a beer. So Dennis, let's uh, go back as as well. Um, I just wanted to touch upon before we kind of you know wrap the the show up as well. Um, I, 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 it's really, the, the wide receivers as well. A lot of people are saying um, about Brandon Marshall. I know we touched upon on early. What do you, what, what do you think um, you know he's going to bring you know to the Jets? Do you think that him and Fitzpatrick are going to um, are going to strike it up and and, and we're going to be uh, you know he's going to be everyone's fantasy uh, big big gainer in fantasy? Uh, you know again that, that that remains to be seen. We'll, we'll see what happens with uh, with Brandon Marshall. Um, again, he didn't have the greatest year last year. He was banged up, so can he bounce back? But He's not. He's not. He doesn't have Jay Cutler throwing the ball. I know people say they don't like Jay Cutler, but the the, the Chicago Bears. I mean, I, uh, let me just let me just look up where they were in passing last year. Uh, offense passing, they were 15th in the league, and they threw 30 touchdown passes between the quarterbacks. So, I mean, I don't know. The, again, the Jets only threw 16 passes last year between their quarterbacks, and are, are we going to get 20 or 25? I mean, who knows? I guess that's the point. You know, Brandon Marshall, when he's not happy, he likes to chirp a little bit. Right now he's being kind of quiet, so we'll see. He had some receptions in the game the other night, moved the chains a little bit, but the offense, again, struggled early. And here, here's the thing. They, they need to get off to some fast starts instead of, instead of playing from behind all the time. This is what we don't want. We don't want to watch the first-team offense with the opposition go down and score a touchdown, and then we're playing from behind the whole game. We're always playing catch-up. I'm not saying that the Jets can't score any points, but – you know, in the league, it's generally 16 to 30, meaning offense and defense. 
the worst offense in the league scores about 16 points a game, and the best defense in the league holds teams to about 16 points a game, and vice versa. The worst defense, 30. The best offense scores about 30. So, again, these are professional teams. They're very close. This is why point spreads in the NFL are, very, are, are about seven points or less for the most part, because you know the, the, the worst team in the league can beat the best team in the league on a given day because they're still professionals. They're still the best at what they do. They do have great players. Even the poorer teams in the league have great players. So, you got to look at it like that. I just, I just want people. To, I don't want people to say, "Listen, I, I, I don't like my receivers." That's fine. But this, we're the, we have the greatest receivers in the league. We have the greatest offensive line. We have the greatest. This, come on, gang. We don't have the greatest. I mean, eventually, it's the whole team. Like, why, why are we even playing the season? We're going to be sixteen and zero. I mean, do some comparisons to other teams and take a look at it and say, "All right, well, we're we're, we're good here." But this other teams got some. You know, the Buffalo Bills, Sammy Watkins. Who would you rather have right now? Sammy Watkins at 22 Harvin, years old. Or even, even Percy Harvin. How about or even Percy Harvin. I mean, they don't have, they're not slouches. I mean, again, they're not slouches. You know, you look at the quarterbacks. I mean, even the team we just played, they, I, mean, I know Roddy White didn't play, but Julio Jones and Roddy White, the team that we share the building with, Victor Cruz. I know he's coming off the knee injury, but Victor Cruz and Odell Beckham, they can make an argument that they're better than Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall. So let's not... You know, let's let, let's again. Let's not just go out and be like everything's great and wonderful. I'm not saying everything's terrible, but it's somewhere in between. That's where it always kind of falls. I mean, that's what with Mike McCann when he was making all these moves. I heard so many like if the, that's something I want to say, Julian. I'm gonna get it off my chest. If the media likes something, you should automatically hate it. And if the media hates something, you should automatically like it. Don't listen to the media. Listen to yourself. Okay, listen to yourself and say, oh, was this the right move? Was this the best move? Oh, I, I love this one. And you really, truly really love it. But try to, try to. I, I just, I, I actually did an interview with a sports handicapper who was a big Philadelphia Eagles fan. But he said, being a sports handicapper, I had to divorce myself from my team. And I'm just saying to people, do yourself a favor, divorce yourself from your team for a little while while you're looking at things, and then you can look at it objectively and say, okay. And again, about sending a message to the organization that we're behind you. We're behind you. If you want to develop a younger player and go for the inexperienced route with the potential, we're behind you because we know ultimately that's going to lead to success. And there's something else I want to get into, Julian. We're kind of no wrapping problem. up. By the way. Uh, um, I guess I'll leave this other stuff for another show. I want to get into Muhammad Wilkerson a little bit. A couple things here. Um, one, and this, this kind of bugs me when people say, well, and I hear this on the, on the media, again with the media. Well, you know, Muhammad Wilkerson didn't play in this game, this preseason game, and, and, and you know, look – Every, every team in every preseason game has guys that are out who maybe could have played, who they're holding out because of a little nick or whatever. So Atlanta had Roddy White out. They had three starring running backs out. So, I mean, that all kind of evens out. So let's not, let's not play this well. We didn't have this guy, that guy. It, it works both ways. So that, that's one. The other thing is um, this injury with Muhammad Wilkerson um, – do you do you think that maybe again I, I think maybe I don't think he purpose he's, he's he's faking the injury I think he did injure his hamstring but I think he is milking it maybe a little bit uh, it's a little tight today because he's playing under a one year deal why go out there and risk getting hurt in training camp or a meaningless preseason game you know he's got to get through this year if he's going to play under this contract to get his big contract next year well I mean I I do sense that look it's it's hard to say I'm not calling him you know he's telling porkies or you know he's you know, I, I do also think the thing is, but look, he's going to be getting advice from his, his camp, his agent, and such like that. At the end of the day, you know, they, they've, all, they've got to look after their, themselves and the futures because we know it works both ways. You know, if a player, if a, if a team wants to get rid of a player and cut it, they can do and they will do. You know, they aren't bothered about him. He's got to put food on the table and such like that. It's just a business that we're in. So you've got to look at it the other way around. The player's got to get as much money as he can. 
uh, because he's you know he's got to sort him, himself out and, and his family and and his life basically. So he, you know he wants to get the most money, and you can't just say that you know Mohamed Wilkerson is not a top player. Uh, you know he is he is a very very good player, but I think the kind of money that he wants, you know, he wants to get paid like the best of them. And um, you know I'm I'm a big Mohamed Wilkerson fan. I think he's uh, I think he's a uh, you know a great jet and such like that. I'm I am I'm going to get a lot a lot of stick for this. I just think he's. I just think he's a very good player. I don't think he's like a, a, a superstar, you know, player. He's not JJ Watt kind of thing. If he was JJ Watt, if we had JJ, I'd be like, pay the man. Just, you know what I mean? But he's got to be yeah. a different maker. He's got to be like that guy, you know, just uh, just fearful. I think, like I say, the one in the league is, you know, for me, he's, he's JJ Watt. He's just an absolute animal. Not, not only that, he can do it both ways as well. I mean, he just makes such a difference on a team. Uh, you know, he, he scores touchdowns. He can. He's just. A, he's just. A, he's just an absolute animal. Now, that's not taking anything away from, uh, from like I said, from Wilkerson. I, he is a very, very good player. But he is that. He's just. You know, he's just a good player, and uh, we'll see. But it'll be interesting going forward to see how this develops. You know, how how the uh, the front office, you know, deal with him, or what they're going to do next year. They're going to franchise him, or just let him walk off to free agency. I don't know. I, you know, a lot of he's a you know a Jet favorite. Uh, you know how would the uh, Jeff fans react to just you know to that happening? But uh, you know, let's hope that they get something. Uh, um, you know, let's hope they get something ironed out going forward. You know, I want to see him on the team. I want to see him earning a contract. I want to see him playing. You know, playing like a jet and, and going there and uh, you know just destroying people. You know, you bring up a very good point here, and I wanted to I wanted to mention because I heard this somewhere. This is what I'm talking about about supporting the organization and you know what makes you a true fan of the team. Because I heard I heard a story about somebody who I guess he, the Jets called him about a mini ticket plan, whatever it was, and he said I'm not buying any Jets tickets until you pay Mo Wilkerson. And you know, here's the point: Mo Wilkerson doesn't come to your job and say, "Hey, pay this man more money, or I'm not going to buy your product." Number one, I wish he did. Oh, I wish he did. But you know, Mo Wilkerson is that a true fan? Well, pay Mo Wilkerson. But here's my point: if Mike McCagnan says to Woody Johnson, "Listen, right now the best maneuver with Mo Wilkerson is to let him play out his contract." And we'll look at it next year. I don't see any players going to unrestricted free agency next year that is worthy of the franchise tag but him. So let's let him play out his contract, see how Williams is, see if we can settle out what's going on with Sheldon Richardson, and let's keep our options open going into next year. And if we want to keep Mo, we franchise him, and we'll work out a long-term deal then. And, and that's the best maneuver. That's the best for the team right now looking at Mo. And, and you know what? If the decision is, like you said, if the decision by Mike McCagnin, again, Mike McCagnin is the general manager. When I go to the surgeon, I let the surgeon do the surgery on me. I don't do my own surgery. Mike McCagnin was hired by Woody Johnson to make decisions. So if he says to Woody Johnson, listen, your best maneuver here is to let Mo Wilkerson just walk the free agency and put the resources elsewhere, then you, you freaking out and being like, well, you let Mo Wilkerson go, da, 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 because there's a reason behind it. So, or just letting him play under his contract. But if, if Mike McCannon says to Woody Johnson, you know, you should let him play under his contract, and Woody Johnson says, no, the fans are upset. I, I want the fans to be happy, and I need to sell tickets. Get, I don't care what it is. Get his agent on the phone and get it done. Get him signed long-term. See, that's not right. See, that's not right. And that's what I'm concerned about with the message that Jet fans sometimes send because I, I, I really like Woody Johnson. Personally, I met him before we even bought the Jets. I like Woody Johnson. I know he cares about the fans, but – to a point, too much, too much he cares about the fans. At some point, he has to look at it more like, okay, we want to win. And even if it might take a year or so, if we have a 10-year run of success, you know, we're going to fill this stadium up. So maybe short-term pain for long-term gain. If he's going to say to, to Mike McCagnin, uh, sign this guy, I don't care what you think, then why do you hire him? 
So, again, that's my point about being a fan is looking at your team and supporting the organization. Look, after a couple of years go by, if you want to question what the GM did, hey, that's, that's fine. But I think right now, if you really want to be a true fan of this organization, because I'm sorry – I, I don't, I, I, divorcing myself of my fandom, I don't think this is a playoff team. Does that mean they're not a playoff team for the next 10 years? No, but I want to see good decisions being made so that that doesn't happen. Because 10 years can go by like this, boom, and you don't make the playoffs, and that would be very sad. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. I, I think you're right. I, I just don't understand why, why the, you know, Woody Johnson doesn't just be the GM himself. Because it's, it's blatantly obvious sometimes where these decisions came from. And, and we can go back and, and look at numerous kind of things, but, you know, Tim Tebow, one of them, you know, I mean, uh, I, you know, I once did an interview with Mike Tannenbaum and such, and it's very, t- it doesn't say on there, but it, the, it is very telling where you can kind of, um, you know, see who is exactly uh, running, the, you know, pulling the strings where, within the organization. I think that's about time. We're going to wrap, wrap up. I want to thank my co-host, Mr. Dennis Agapito. Dennis, thank you very much for, for jumping on uh, aboard. And I also want to thank um, our guests all the way over from Ireland, um, Biff Sweeney of uh, the North Fly Zone Radio. You can catch him uh, you know, on Twitter. Uh, good listen. Make sure you, you support and, and, and download. You can also get in contact with us. If there's anything that you've, you've listened to uh, on the show that you don't agree with us, um, or such, then you know, let let keep the debate going. You know, let let us uh, let, let us know your feelings and your thoughts, and you can do that by getting uh, on Twitter at Green Zone Radio. Maybe it might be uh, you might need more than 140 characters to do that. Best way to do is email <laughs> in. Uh, yeah, you probably will do. We're going to be inundated with uh, with uh, with hate emails now, and you can do that by um, going on. We have a Gmail. It is the Green Zone Radio at gmail.com so we're going to be back um, next week after the Jets um, play the Giants and we're going to be uh, you know, hopefully the Jets are, have got it together and, and we're, uh, we're talking more positive and we, we see more things but until then we'll talk to you all very very soon go Jets